On this week's episode of Juke Sports, the fellas are back with Bowl Mania. That's right. Cots and I take a deep dive into all 29 bowl games. We tell you who we're going to take with the spread and some over-unders that we have planned throughout the bowl season. Then we dive into the college football playoff, who we thought deserved that fourth spot. At the end, we have closing statements. I go on a rant about Clay Travis, and Cots makes predictions about where quarterbacks will land in the NFL next season. All that and a lot more. All right, let's giddy up. of Juke Sports. Today, December 21st, we have a very special episode. We're going to be talking about all of the bowls, bowl mania. We have breakdowns for every game that is listed right now. Now, depending on when you're listening to this, I know there is a game uh, today, December 21st. We are recording this uh, the night before. So if you're trying to get into your bowl, a bull mania confidence pools or straight pools. Um, ESPN has not unlocked them yet. So by the time you're listening to this, it will be unlocked. So make sure you get that done before our first game of the day, which will be the Myrtle beach bowl between Appalachian state and North Texas. I am Jake joined as always by cots. We're back baby. And it feels good to be back now before we get started. I've seen a lot of things on Twitter about the opt-outs. My favorite team, Penn State, has elected to opt-out. And I've been seeing from not just a small percentage of Penn State's fan base, but also other fan bases, um, the toxic side. And like I said, like other people have said, college football is its own little crazy world. Cots, I think you can agree with that. Yep. It's very um, cult-ish with a lot of these teams. And a lot of uh, a lot of that cult toxic fan base is coming out saying, "Why would you opt out of bowl season? Why would you do that?" And before we get into our breakdown, I'm going to tell you why it's okay to opt out. One, these players have been going at it since August. Okay, you have teams in the Big Ten who have been practicing every day back in August and September when they didn't even know if they were going to play football. And between the restrictions and COVID and everything going on, not seeing their families since August, quarantining, making that sacrifice to be able to play football on Saturday, I can 100% see why they would not take a chance of being sent across the country to play in a bowl game that, let's be honest, really doesn't matter. So if you're a part of that, crazy fan base that that's yelling at on Twitter and DMing kids and tweeting at uh, programs and players and coaches saying cowards. Why would you opt out? Just stop. Shut up. You have no idea how it feels. You have no idea to make that sort of sacrifice. Okay. Again, I don't want to make things about Penn state. You got uh, head coach James Franklin hasn't seen his family since uh, August 
you know, he, he has, you know, not spending Christmas with them. He has a daughter that's sick, you know, let, let the kids go home for Christmas. Okay. A lot of these teams, they have had disappointing years. They don't want to go play in the Duke's Mayo bowl. I'm sorry. They, they don't want to do it. Well, let's not disrespect the Duke's Mayo bowl. <laughs> I, I miss the belt bowl. And I know that's the old belt bowl and fake, uh, fake Bo Pelini always goes nuts for it, but. Well, I mean, I think we both could agree we missed before the NCAA became sellouts with all the corporate sponsorship monies and the real bowls back when we were growing up. Oh, I mean, I think there were 32 bowls when we were younger. And I think at that time, uh, people older than us would, would say there's too many bowls. Now you have teams with losing records in. Um, but granted, that's the other thing I see on Twitter. I saw on Twitter, people were like, how can a four-win team get into the get into a bowl game like listen they only played 10 games this year usually two out of the three non-conference games are cupcakes so now you're sitting at you know seven five or, or, or six and six um but that's twitter being a talk successful that we know it is um but listen it's also but before we get into it um another thing with bowl week that's always fun is that when the players go to these bowls they go a week in advance. They usually do some kind of tours. They do, um, they show them around the city that they're in. You know, I remember, you know, teams in Orlando for the Citrus Bowl, they would go to Disney World and SeaWorld and Universal. So it's like fun and your family's there. It's a nice, fun family get together with the team. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And just, to, no, just to piggyback off of that, that's the one thing I think people don't realize. Like this is, an event for kids and for some kids who come from the inner cities they've never had vacations this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity and then to do it this year after the season you've already had when you are say a Penn State for example a four or five team who honestly really doesn't deserve a bowl game to begin with but just would potentially have had an opportunity because of the season then to go and have to quarantine for two weeks just to make it happen again being away from your family over the holidays it's like Let's be realistic. Let's like, like why, like <laughs> why would you go? And you're not even spending time there. Like for example, if you're gonna go play in the um, the um, the cactus bowl, it's like they think the guaranteed autos, the guaranteed auto <laughs> taxes bowl. I don't know what the hell it's called anymore. Anyway, <laughs> they always change the names up. But if you're gonna play across the country, um, you're not going there for the week. You're going there like the day before or two days before you know, spending your entire time in the, in the hotel being quarantined. It doesn't sound like fun. It, and I know everyone's like, well, you gotta play to win. Yeah, I, I get it. And, and listen, if I was a player, I would like to think that I would say, yeah, hell yeah, I want to play, but I've never played in a pandemic. I've never played when, you know, I'm, I'm practicing from August and my season just ends in late December, you know, I mean, that's months and months on end. So let the kids go home. If, if the kids do, if the kids say, hey, we don't want to play, like we're good, respect the decision. Don't be an asshole. But anyway, Cox, do you have anything else to add before we, we get this show on the road? No, I think you hit on a lot of key points there. I would just say, like, these fan bases that want to want to be in bowls like a Penn State fan base I know we use Penn State as an example so we're both Penn State fans but one it's a lot harder on the people in there and two get back to the core of this this is at the end of the day it's still amateur athletics even though it's not it's a business but 
if they, if they want to go home after this season that they've had with all this COVID restrictions and everything they've had to do, let them do it. it it's not going to hurt anything this year. A lot of people are going to go back in the history books and say this season, this it's year a was a wash. But, I mean, granted, good for the NCAA for getting it done, but a lot of people are going to look at it as a wash. So who cares? Four and five for Penn State, four and five for other teams, five and four, whatever teams that don't want to play, they don't need to play. Exactly. And, you know, like, and again, like, your four and five teams out there, like, I know, granted, you know, Penn State probably would have been a seven and five team with non-conference, you know, hell, if they even beat Virginia Tech, you know, they're looking at six and six, they'd be eligible. But it's a disappointing year. They don't want to go across the country. And listen, I, I, don't, I don't blame them, especially when, you know, the teams you probably would have played, they would have played a Virginia Tech in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, it looks like, and Virginia Tech opted out. So if you know your opponent opted out, then are you going to be fired up to play Wake Forest? No offense to Wake Forest, but no, you're not. So a lot of these bigger programs opting out, I totally get it. If you're, like I said, if you're a fan and you're, and you're shouting, I saw so many people cuts from our hometown, like just going absolutely crazy. Um, There's a lot of people from our hometown. You want to talk about 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 a lot of successful, but um, you know, just shut up. Like, let the kids be with their families. It's it's an okay decision. Listen, am I disappointed? I'm not going to watch Penn State again this year. Of course I am. But am I angry? No. Like it's fine. It's okay. There's a there's a still a good slate of college football, and we're about to get into it, Cox. So, without further ado, um, Appalachian, or as they like to call it down here uh, in West Virginia, Appalachian State uh, versus North Texas. This is a uh, minus 19-and-a-half line. Uh, Appalachian State is favored. Um, Me, personally, I'm going to take the Mountaineers. We're going to lay the points down. Cox, you know I love laying points. And – if you're listening to this, um, uh, if you're listening to this before this game happens, jump on it right now. All right, we're gonna drop this uh, Monday morning. Um, get on it right now because I feel like it's gonna go up. Um, Appalachian State, uh, they're solid on both sides of the ball. Um, they they are going to. There's gonna be some points in this one. I think North Texas is going to score here and there. That's why I also like the over 62 and a half. But Appalachian State is going to roll this. They're going to cover the spread. If, Like I said, if you're listening to this now in the morning, get it right now. If you're in a confidence pool, this is one that's going to be near the top. There's no way Appalachian State's losing to North Texas. The line in a lot of books has already started to move. So, um I do like the Appalachian State, Appalachian State here with the points, but right now some books that I'm looking at have it at minus 21. So Already? you know, yeah. So I, just you know, did, I just did this like two hours ago. <laughs> it opened, it opened, and the, line, the money's already moving. So I would, I'm probably not going to go now that I've missed my chance to get it at 18. Three touchdowns, winning three touchdowns is a lie, even in a bowl game. North Texas has nothing to lose. They're one of those four and five teams um, that is playing in a bowl this year. But I do really like the over. Um, love, I, think, I love the over. I think it's going to be a lot of points. I think it's going to be a lot of garbage points. I think Appalachian State gets out to a pretty big lead here, like a 40 to 14 type of lead, and there's some garbage touchdowns late. Um, when the game's already out of reach, and it just becomes, you know, a shootout to end it. So I do like the over a lot there. And I think Appalachian State runs away with this one handily. Yep. 
Well, I will say this: both teams are horrible this year against the spread. Um, so you could go either way. I haven't really been paying attention a lot to App with the spread. I had them in a couple games earlier this year. I They're two and nine against the spread. So two and nine like, against. Ooh, I don't FYI. Like that. <laughs> I still like. I still like laying the points. Also, hit that over sixty-two and a half. And get it now. Get it now. Yeah. By the time this you're listening, to this is probably going to be at sixty-five or sixty-six. Look at it. Yep. Uh, as, as we're talking about this right now, Kotz, you said 61. The over is right now at 64. So, yep, and it, <laughs> hopefully, this, hopefully when, this, when people hear this, it's not too late. Um, next, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. It's going to be on the Smurf turf. Um, Tulane is a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Nevada. I like Tulane. I love their quarterback, Pratt. Um, both of these teams are going to – Sling the rock around. Over is 56 and a half. I like the over in this one as well. Nevada's going to score, but I think Tulane has too many weapons on offense. What worries me is Tulane going to the West Coast to play. Um, Nevada has to go uh, north, but Tulane obviously um, farther travel. Uh, I'm going green wave, uh, two and a half, and take the over 56 and a half. Tulane has been a pain in my side this year. Um, and I'm going to continue to go against them. I honestly love Nevada. Tulane's like 5-1 and one in their last six against the spread. Nevada's been hurting me, but I also do like to bet against them when they're favorites. Um, so I'm against San Jose State a couple of weeks ago. Love San Jose State. Um, but I still think uh, Nevada's going to win this game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think Nevada is better than a lot of people give them credit for. They have two tough losses this year. One to San Jose State, who went undefeated by 10, and then to Hawaii, at Hawaii, where that's always a tough place no matter to play, no matter we'll what Hawaii is doing that. Um, so I like Nevada here, getting the points. It doesn't make sense to me why that, but usually when it doesn't make sense, they know they just know something I don't know. But I'm going to go with um, Nevada Nevada in this one. They're, they're pretty good against the spread. They started the season out. 5-0 against the spread. That's when I was really in love with them. Then they let me down against Hawaii. But they're still pretty good. The only times they um, didn't cover against the spread were their two losses. So I'm going to roll with Nevada on that one. I do think it's lower scoring, though, than you're giving credit for. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring. The The line's not extremely high for college football, but I think I'm going to avoid that one and just roll with Nevada and the points. Okay. Next one, underrated matchup. It's early on in the bowl season. UCF versus BYU, roofclaim.com, uh, Boca Raton Bowl. Um, Say that again. Say it again. Boca Raton? No, the whole thing. The roofclaim.com, uh, Boca Raton Bowl. Roofclaim, okay. Roofclaim.com. Um, all right, so I have BYU six and a half. This one's tough. U- UCF is good. The line, the line went from about three and a half earlier this week to six and a half. Um, when when that happens, I like to hit the team that um, where it's going in favor of. So I like BYU uh, six and a half again, guys. I would jump on if you're if you like BYU. I jump on this early. I think it's only going to go up. Uh, same thing with Tulane and Nevada. I think this is going to be a really close game. UCF has a really good offense. I do believe, though, BYU, they, they're tough. Uh, they're gritty. 
I believe that they will be able to hold them off long enough at the end. They will cover the spread. BYU, touchdown, I would say, to cover the spread with about two minutes left, and then they hold for the win. So I got this one early this morning. I was looking, and there were some games ready, and I jumped on this one at minus four for BYU. I do like them. I'm not a big fan of Central Florida. They're not great against the spread. They only covered three times this year against the spread. Um, one against Georgia Tech, who is a cupcake. Houston, who's having a down year. And the only other one, which is where I think how this game's going to play out, is when they played Cincinnati. They played Cincinnati really tough a couple weeks ago. I think they played BYU pretty tough. I think ultimately, though, it ends up being like a 37-30 game. Uh, BYU uh, pulls away there. Central Florida does have a little underrated offense, as you mentioned. But I'm all on BYU. Still on BYU. Um, still think they're getting disrespected. Again, I'm sure when we get into some of the other matchups, we can talk about that. But why not give them a little bit more of a challenge? No disrespect to Central Florida, but I think we would all want to see BYU and some of those other teams, Coastal Carolina, once we get into, have some better matchups. Oh, yeah. Year. Yeah. Uh, and well, I was going to – I was planning on talking that when we were going to talk about Coastal later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but – all right, next game, uh, the R&L Carriers, New Orleans Bowl. Uh, I hate this game. I don't like it. I don't like the spread. I don't like picking it in confidence pools. This one's going to be towards the bottom of my list. Um, Georgia Southern is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I don't know. I feel like Southern is better on both sides of the ball. But Louisiana Tech scares me. I just feel like, and again, this might be just be my brain because when I feel like I, when I do watch them, they put up a lot of points. They're, so I'm kind of afraid of Louisiana Tech, you know, some crazy stuff happening and ended up taking lead on Georgia Southern. Again, this game scares me. I would go with uh, Georgia Southern, though. I don't like either of them. I, uh, they're I agree with you. I'm staying away from this. I think there might be some points scored, though, like you mentioned. So I like the over 50. Um, I do think if I if the line drops a little bit, I would make – I think Georgia Southern's a better team and they end up winning it. I don't know. I think it's a lot closer. It's at six right now. If it drops a little bit, I would sprinkle a little bit on the money line for a little return, a return there. But it's, it's not a great ROI. So I'm going to roll with the over on that one. Oh. Almost forgot. The other thing that kind of scares me is, yeah, Georgia Southern is six and a half point favorites, but they've dropped their three out of the last four games. Are they go? Are they going to be? Um, are they going to be fired up to play in this game? It's in New Orleans. Um, Louisiana is going to be playing it in their home state, or sorry, Louisiana Tech is going to be playing in their home state. I know Georgia Southern isn't that far off, but I don't know. I just, I just feel like with Georgia Southern trending down. The six and a half line does scare me, but I do believe Georgia Southern's the better team. Okay. Um, the Montgomery Bowl. We have Memphis versus Florida Atlantic. Um, Memphis is a nine and a half point favorite. Um, Brady White, their quarterback from Memphis, he's going to be the difference maker in this game. I really don't like Florida Atlantic. Um, Memphis, big. Double-digit double digit win, Memphis. Florida Atlantic is uh, trending downward, 
in a spiral. They started off pretty hot. Their only close close loss was to to Marshall, who's got a solid defense, but they kind of laid a big egg against Massachusetts, UMass, and then it's never been yeah, the same against Massachusetts. <clears throat> I mean, it was twenty four. It was it was twenty four to two. They were uh, thirty five point uh, favorites. So when it's that bad of a game, ever since then they've been a little off. So um, they lost to Georgia Southern and they lost to Southern Miss. Haven't been uh, scoring great. Um, again, this is another one that I like the over. Um, I, I do think that. Memphis is the way better team here, but I think Florida Atlantic is one of those teams that could show up in a game like this. And I think Memphis could be overlooking Florida Atlantic a little bit here. Uh, I'm going to go with the over 52, though. And Oh, hey, and you got it at 52? I'm seeing it at 52 right now. It opened at, it opened at 53 and a half from what I see. Gone down to 50. <clears throat> Oh, wow. Just saying. Um, so then I'm definitely taking that. And <laughs> I think I'm going to watch it a little bit more if people like you continue to lay money on Memphis and it goes up to maybe 12 and a half um, or 13, I'll take Florida Atlantic at that point. But until then, I'm off of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. This next one <sighs> threw me through a loop, okay, because it's on December 4th. Okay, and if anyone who follows college football bowl games, December 24th is always the Hawaii Bowl, and nine times out of ten, Hawaii's playing in it. This year, it's the New Mexico Bowl, and Hawaii is going to Houston. Now, I am a dumb person. I have locked in Hawaii plus 11 and a half, and I already hate it. Because I thought they were on the island. And Cots, as we know, you never bet against Hawaii on the island. I mean, the good news for you is um, Houston's not great against the spread this year. But I think Houston's a vastly better better team. Way better team. Um, So it's going to be close. How many points did you say you got it at? 11 and a half? 11 and a half, yep. Yeah, it opened higher than that. It opened at minus thirteen. And here's the thing: it's up at thir- it's up at thirteen and a half right it's now. It's back up there. Yeah, I don't know. That's one I'm probably going to avoid altogether. If if that line does go back down to eleven and a half, if the money starts trickulating and moving again, I'd, I'd be all over Houston in that one, laying the points. Even though I never like to bet against Hawaii, but. Neither team is great in co- against covering, but if you just look at who's the better team, it's Houston by a mile. So, but then again, it's bowl season. Hawaii likes to show up in bowl season. They do. What I do love, Cots, I do love the over. I got the over at 61 and a half. I mm-hmm. love it. Um, and, yeah, I would definitely take the over in this one. As well. Yeah, that one stayed pretty steady, so um, I, that's interesting to me. I do think that over could hit too, but I'm probably going to avoid this one altogether. Um, okay, next up we have the Camellia Bowl. Marshall versus Buffalo. Low-key, interesting matchup. And this one's on Christmas. A nice present for everybody. Conference USA versus MAC. Originally you think, oh, ew, why would I watch that? Both teams having decent years. I have Buffalo – uh, three and a half, or Buffalo minus three and a half over Marshall. Uh, both teams ended their season on a sour note. I like Buffalo. I like the rushing attack. I think that kind of leads the way against Marshall's defense, which is also good. 
this is going to be a low-scoring game. I I don't know. The over-under is at 45-and-a-half. I want to take the under. I really, really do. But I think I'm going to stay away from it completely. Um, I do like Buffalo minus three and a half over Marshall. I just think the rushing attack is too good. Marshall's offense is too um, – they're inconsistent. I'd rather take the consistency with Buffalo and that running back that they got. I'm taking Buffalo's rushing attack. Marshall's defense is really good. Mm-hmm. Really good, in my opinion. I know they haven't played the craziest schedule in terms of who they've beaten and the points they've given up. But, I mean, they only gave up seven points to App State. They did lose to Rice, which was, I think, shocking by everyone. Mind-blowing. Which was mind-blowing. And then they, I think that kind of just derailed the whole season and they lost to UAB. I, I think they come out fired up, and I think they're ready for this one to make a, to make a statement. No disrespect to the Mac because we both love the Mac, but I can't I I can't trust Buffalo and that offense. Like it looks good, but it also looks good going up against Kent State and Akron and Miami of Ohio. You know, so and then when they play Ball State, who's probably one of the teams that's the upper echelon comparable to them in the Mac, they lost and the the offense looked yeah. Offense didn't look great. They tried to pick it up a little bit, but I think the the fumble six really turned the tide in that game because Buffalo was off to a really good start. But here's the thing: Marshall, Marshall's defense is is a little probably bit better, better than probably Ball better. State. So I, I think I'm going to roll with Marshall here. I think people are really high on Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if Buffalo got a better matchup against not uh, such a sound defense, I think I'd be all over them because that offense is good. And I mean it's shown that it can put up a lot of points, a lot of points. But I just like Marshall's defense too much. I, I, I think I would go with the under two. I think this is going to be an old-school slugfest, 20-13 to 13 type of game. Marshall pulls it out. Okay. Next. All right. I'm boycotting I, the next game. <laughs> I like this matchup and hate this matchup all at the same time. Boycott. I'm not. Liberty, Coastal Carolina, both really pleasant surprises this year. I am just absolutely livid that they play each other. And this always happens. Uh, This is the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. What a joke. I want to see Coastal Carolina against an SEC team or an ACC. Both of these teams should have been against. Yes. I want to see it. But no, what happens is they place these two teams in the same thing. And it screws everything up. I want to see them against power fives. I want to see where they stack up. Because both of these teams can stack up against lower tier, mid tier um, uh, power five. And I want to see it. And, and we got robbed of it. And I'm ticked off about it. Anyway, I like Liberty plus six and a half. I think Coastal, um, I think the ride's over for Coastal. I think they wanted to play a power five. I think Liberty has been a little overshadowed this year because of the Coastal Carolina story. I think Liberty is going to come out firing. They're going to come out hot. And I think the Mullets and the Shots, they get their first loss in the Cure Bowl to the Liberty Flames. I'm taking plus six and a half Liberty. You know, I would normally agree with you. The way things have transpired for Coastal Carolina, this is 
obviously how they went through it. Do you remember back to the, the week, the first week of the season when I took Coastal Carolina against Kansas and you were all on the Les Miles train? And I told you, I told you these guys are these these guys are going to be. I didn't think they were going to be this good. I, I don't think anyone did, but I'm, I think if it was any other team and it was any other locker room and any other culture, um, I, I I would agree with you that this is going to be the letdown game because they're they're just distraught and probably a little little for lack of better terms heartbroken that they're <laughs> that they're not getting their shot at the big dog I mean they had their shot at a formidable big dog to to some sense in BYU and they proved yeah, that they absolutely. belong there um did they play great against Troy no but they won that game and Troy is always a very tough team no matter well, Troy's down Troy's down this year, but, but as a I program mean, as a Sunbelt program and as a a group of five program, they're always good. They beat LSU, how many, like, what? Yeah, five, a couple years ago. Years. Yeah, so they're always formidable. Um, if it was any other program and any other uh, people inside that locker room, but from what I've seen, all the stories that you've seen about this um, culture this year, I'm still going to be on them because they do have a chance to complete the perfect season. And regardless of the lack of NCAAs, matchup making for these bulls or whatever you want to call it not giving these other teams a fair shake like what would what, you want them to do this year like i mean like um like for cincinnati when we get to cincinnati i'm probably gonna lose like would you want them to play some big 10 non-conference games there's no non-conference schedule games allowed yeah, exactly. so like come on like get get serious but um no I, i'm still on all on coastal carolina i think liberty is great i think i think coastal carolina um wins this game and I think they start trending in the right direction to become I'm going to say this I think Coastal there's two teams that I think are going San Jose State is the new Boise State Coastal Carolina is the new Hawaii so that's what I'm going to say so I'm all on Coastal Wait, say, Carolina. say that one more time Coastal Carolina is going to become the new Hawaii they're okay. going to be they're going to be always around they're going to be better formidable they're going to be in and out of top 25 they're going to get their shake they're going to really build a program there and i think san jose state is going to pass boise state as the powerhouse in the mountain west in the years moving forward technically they still have they won the mountain west mm -hmm. I, I was the first time they that was the first time they ever beat boise state too. yeah I, I have a small take on them when we get to them later um all right the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Uh, we have South Carolina versus What's a Gasparilla. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, UAB is a three and a half point favorite over South Carolina. I, I, I'm taking the Blazers um, just because I really like their defense. I think South Carolina's terrible. Um, I know they kept the what did they keep it close against Georgia? Um, but, no, they, they, they got smoked by Georgia. I think they kept it close against Auburn. Auburn, yeah. Uh, I like UAB. I like the Blazers. Listen, everyone's going to jump on South Carolina because it's South Carolina. It's the SEC. All those crazy Southern Hillbillies are going to jump on it. Screw them. You go with UAB. Go with the Blazers. Go with the defense. I'm telling you, three and a half UAB. Take them. South Carolina was – the first two weeks of the season were my favorite, was my favorite team to bet. And then um, because they play Tennessee and they play Tennessee tough and Florida tough, and then they got destroyed by Vanderbilt. And ever since then, they, or no, I'm sorry, they, 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 they won. Auburn, but, by the way. 
Yeah, they beat Van after they lost those two games. They beat um, Vandy and Auburn. Yep. But then ever since they won that game, they've kind of went for all the way down here on a complete 360 of a season. I thought they were a good team early on. I really, really did. I mean, you you look at it. I mean, they played Tennessee. They lost by four. They played Florida Tough, lost by two touchdowns. Um, and then you smoke Vanderbilt. Okay, Vanderbilt's not that great. And then you beat Auburn. That's okay. You're back to two and two. And then you have a chance against LSU. And then they just – Some kind of rhythm. And, and they just don't. Yeah, so – I don't like this one at all. South Carolina should even be in the ball. But, I mean, they've lost seven straight, so I don't know. You know UAB is going to be fired up. And that's the thing that, like, a lot of these group of fives are playing bad um, power fives. And these power fives are like, I don't want to – like, I think half of them are just doing it just because they feel like they should. And I, that's where their group of five are going to be fired up. Because, listen, it doesn't matter how bad South Carolina is. UAB wants that. They want to say, we beat South Carolina. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't like this one at all. Um, but I'm probably going to just – I probably were going to go with um, the over here if I had to. Um, and I, this is just – there's something I don't like about this one. <laughs> I'm probably going to avoid it completely. I think I agree with you. UAB is going to come out fired up. But I think if South Carolina has anything left and they want to play, and uh, did they fire their coach too? So isn't there an interim coach in there right now? Dude, the coaching carousel has been absolutely insane. I believe so, yes. Maybe maybe there's some motivation in there to win a bowl game in a 2-8 and eight season. He, he could find something for his guys because he's – Fighting for a job, but I, but I don't know. I think wasn't it Muschamp? It might be. He got fired. I think he's not the interim. Yeah, well, yeah, Muschamp was. Yeah, Muschamp. Yeah, Muschamp was the coach. He was fired. Yes. So I don't know. I'm avoiding this one altogether. But if I'm up and I have some money on December the day after Christmas, and I want to start the day off with this one, I don't know. Over because the over is going to hit. It's Christmas. All right. What's what is the over? Forty-three and a half. UAB could score. South Carolina had a good defense early on, so that's the only. I think that's why it's so low. They're not UAB's offense isn't getting the respect. Okay. Um, the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. We have the former team of destiny, University of Lafayette Raging Cajuns versus the UTSA Texas San Antonio the Roadrunners. Um, I like the Raging Cajuns here. Uh, Thirteen and a half uh, favorites. Um, listen, I love their pass rush. I love their defensive line. I really think the defense is going to shut down UTSA, and I don't. I think they. I think they can win by more than three touchdowns. I think get this one now. I think it's only going to go up. By the yeah. way, ticket prices for this game. Um, just again, I think this is this is an average. I don't know, but ticket prices now one hundred and twelve dollars. Where's the game at? Uh, Ford Stadium in Dallas. I think that's – is that the old – is that the Ford, old Bowl? Maybe. Or Ford Stadium, wasn't that – but you said Dallas, not Detroit. Mm. Anyway, while you find that out, 
this is another team that, again, such lack of disrespect. They lost one game this year. It was the Coastal Carolina. Like, let them get another shot. They showed. They beat Iowa State. Iowa State was ranked six last week in the BCS. And you're not going to give them another chance to go up against um, somebody. somebody. And why not this year? I mean, this is what we want this year. We wanted to see the Raging Cajuns. We wanted to see Liberty. We wanted to see Coastal Carolina. We wanted to see BYU against these teams. Yeah. And we didn't get that, but no. whatever. Oh, that by the way, this is SMU Stadium. Ah, okay. SMU Stadium. I, I did know that. I totally slipped my mind. Um, all right. Do you make a pick? Who are you taking? Oh, I'm hammering the Cajuns. They're my hammering. favorite team. Yeah, I figured you were. <laughs> I mean, I know you're a big proponent of ULL, baby. Um, so that takes us to the, the Lending Tree Bowl with the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers versus the Georgia State Panthers, Georgia State is four-and-a-half-point favorites. Take the Panthers, take Georgia State four-and-a-half. Um, Western Kentucky has a good defense, a little underrated, okay? Um, but I think the Panthers are better on both sides of the ball. I think they're going to control the game. Georgia State is one of those teams that are really up and coming. They are, in the next few years, I'm telling you, this team is going to be a – a group of five team that might make some noise that's going to be a little bit tricky when they play power fives, kind of like how App State is, how Coastal is this year, how BYU is. Um, they're, they're going to be a tough out. Cincinnati, um, I'm taking Georgia State, up-and-coming program. I, I like Western Kentucky. Defense is underrated. I'm going Panthers here. Defense is definitely underrated for Western Kentucky, but I don't have anything else to add because I agree 100%. With Georgia State, I watched them a few times this year. One game uh, being against App State where they lost, but I mean it was a very tough fought game. And I also watched them. I don't know why I was watching this game, but I vividly remember watching them against Arkansas State in a shootout. Um, I like Georgia State a lot. I think they could end up if they find some, if they're able to game plan correctly and they could find some holes in that Western Kentucky defense, I think they could blow this game out. So I think minus five is a steal. Western Kentucky is coming in hot, though. They've won a couple games. But I'm all over Georgia State here. All right. All right. Now we got some, we got some bigger matchups coming out, okay? OK State, the Cowboys versus Miami in the Cheez-It Bowl, okay? This one's taking place, everyone, at Camping World Stadium in Orlando. Okay, so it's going to be in Florida. For some reason, all the Southern teams, they basically get to play in pretty close to their home state. Um, but Oklahoma is uh, – oh, sorry, Oklahoma State is one-and-a-half-point favorites over Miami and pretty much it should be a home game for Miami. I think Miami's dead. I think they're – after the soul-crushing loss to UNC – I don't think there's bouncing back. I think they were riding a high. We're top 10. The U is back. And they they got slapped around by uh, Howell and Mac Brown. I think the U is down. I don't think there's coming back from it. I think OK State can oh, wants to man. salvage their season. I'm taking OK State, the Cowboys, uh, one and a half point favorites. I'm telling you, I just think even without uh, Truba Hubbard, um, uh, I still think Oklahoma State beats them. One and a half. OK you, State. You need to settle down with your hate for the U. I don't hate them. I don't, listen, college football's better. First, listen, college first football off, is better when the U is good. First off, OK, 
yes, uh, a complete horror show against UNC. They got completely destroyed. Um, but, I mean, UNC, when they get that offense going, I think they're top-notch and they can compete with anyone. I mean, look at what Florida did against Alabama. It's an offensive – college football is all about the offense these days. Um, if you get your offensive going, I mean, why not? Um, that day, UNC's offense was top-notch, and they destroyed the U. The only other loss they have this year is the Clemson. Okay, best team arguably in the country. It's at plus. It's at minus three right now. I'm seeing it. I'm going to be on Miami in this one, mostly because of a little bit of a fandom, and I love De'Aaron King. They're, but the, here's the thing, though: the smart bet, and I'm going to tell the people smart bet is Oklahoma State here because there already are some people, some players, excuse me, opting out for the U for the bowl game. Um, not really because of a bowl game, but for draft purposes, which we know has become a thing in the past couple of years. So I think that's going to hurt them. But I think this is a big game for De'Aaron King. He's had a pretty, pretty good season. Yes. They have, a, they have another top um, quarterback coming in, Garcia, um, for Miami. But I think King has one more year of eligibility left. I think he wants to show that he's got one more year next year in a full season and a full off season, um, not coming in as a transfer, so that he, he could keep his team formidable in the ACC and have him compete against the likes of Clemson's, et cetera, in that conference. I, I think this is a game for him, if anyone. I think this is going to be his time to shine. I think they're going to do whatever they can to get that offense rolling around him, kind of like how they did in the Virginia Tech game. So, I'm going to be on the U, but again, the smart pick would be Oklahoma State, but they're not great against the spread this year. They are. Um, I mean, they're like four and six. Um, but I mean, this should be a fun game. I, I think Oklahoma State's defense is a little underrated. I think they're pretty good. Um, and, you know, what are you going to get from Miami, especially with a lot of those guys opting out to go for the draft? I'll tell you what, if, if Jordan opts out, they're tight end, they have a really good tight end, and then I think they, they'll be in trouble because King loves going to him. So it'll be interesting. Watch the opt-outs, though, by the players um, preparing for the draft. I think that's going to be the kicker there. I think that's why it's already starting to move up um, in their favor. So I'm going to be on Miami, but smart pick is Oklahoma State. Okay. Um, next game. I I'm interested in this game, even though I think it's going to be an absolute blowout. Uh, Valero Alamo Bowl, uh, Texas this versus is, Colorado. This is, this is a hammer for me. I can't wait till we get to it. Okay, so Texas, Colorado. I'm I'm excited just because this is old Big Twelve. If if you're a if you're a Colorado fan or a Big Twelve fan, guess what? You're loving this because this is old Big Twelve football. The problem is this game is going to. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I think Texas is going to dismantle Colorado. I hate. I don't no. like. I don't like Texas. I think Texas rolls in the Alamo Bowl over Colorado. I'm taking Texas. Hammer, 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 Colorado. Hammer, Colorado. Yep. Colorado is vastly underrated. They have a pretty solid D. Um, they're really good against the spread this year. This is a typical Texas game where they should win. I, I love Tex I, I'm the opposite of you there. I love rooting for Texas. Um, I love Ellinger. So uh, I, if this was lower, if this was like maybe I, I don't know why it's so high. I think Colorado is being vastly, vastly um, underrated here. It's up to thirteen and a half now. Whew, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep hammering it 
And if it, I already have it locked in at 13 and a half, if it goes up more, I might put in another bet for Colorado. I think Colorado is going to prove a lot of people wrong. This is a letdown game for Texas. And I think what happens, even this, though, even though I was going to say that, but they already came out and said he's safe. Um, in some reports, but I was going to say, I think this is the, this is the one where Colorado, um, and if you guys remember, I said earlier this year, he's my number one coach on the college coach on the hot seat, him and Harbaugh. I think Colorado, I think they could win outright too. Um, but I definitely think they cover. So I'm hammering Colorado. All right. Um, next we have the, is this Duke's Mayo? Yes. Wisconsin Forest. Okay. The Duke's, Mayo, I, I really, I apologize for ripping on the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Okay, I, I am sorry because this is usually the Belk Bowl. If, if fake Polini, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I, I missed the Belk Bowl though. We need to bring it back. Um, Wake Forest, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, six and a half point favorites over Wake. Um, I love Hartman from Wake Forest. I do too. I love him. I really, really do. I just don't think. He, I think Wisconsin's defense is going to be too good. I think they're going to get pressure on him. Um, I think Wisconsin is going to control the trenches, defensive line, offensive line. I, I feel like that's where it's going to be. This game is not going to be pretty. It's not going to be, it's not going to be fun. Um, but I do think Wisconsin gets it done. I think they cover six and a half point favorites. Yeah, as long as uh, I agree with you. Uh, I love Hartman. Going up against the Big Ten defense, though, I think it's going to be a little tough for him. I love this Wisconsin defense. As long as they could get some guys on the field. Um, but, hey, I mean, the Big Ten already reduced COVID protocol weeks now from 21 to 17 to be sure that all their teams play, um, which is whatever. But I'm not going to be on the spread here, but I, I, I'm going to go all over the over-under. It's at 55 I'm seeing it at. I'm going to hammer the under there. Wisconsin's Wisconsin's not going to score a lot, but I don't think – I mean, even if Wake does, I think this is going to be max, like a 28-20 yeah. Um So I, I think the, the, the points there are a little too close for me to, like, lean one side or the other, but I do like the under here at 55. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's tricky to me, this next one. I feel like Iowa deserves a better bowl game being ranked 15th. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't know. I I always thought like the Music City is even though it's a bowl that's been there for a while. I, I just I don't know. I and I guess I didn't really look over to see like where they should fall, where I believe they should fall. I, I just feel like Iowa shouldn't. I feel like Iowa should be in a better game. They're a fourteen point favorite over Mizzou. Um, I like well, first. I like the over in this game, fifty two and a half. I think you get it now. A peep. Mizzou's gonna score some points, but I think Iowa is going to surprise people with how good their offense is. I already know – we already know Iowa's defense is good. I think Mizzou puts up some points. I think Iowa pulls away from this thing in the second half. They're going to cover. We're going to lay the points with 14 and a half with Iowa. Um, they're going to weather the storm, and they're going to beat Mizzou. Take the Hawkeyes. I think Iowa's a vastly better team. That's just too much – too many points for me to lay for a big time. <laughs> team and when I say a Big Ten team I'm excluding like the likes of Ohio States I'm talking Iowa Wisconsin when it's double digits like that it always worries me um I'm gonna avoid this one completely both teams 
if it drops a little bit, I, I would be on Iowa. I don't like the over-under either. It's a little it, – like you said, I would probably lean towards the over because Iowa does have a sneaky good offense, and I think Missouri could score a little bit. But Iowa's de- – I, I don't know. None of the numbers are making sense to me here. If if the line drops a little bit or if the over-under drops a little bit, if I could get at like 50-and-a-half, which I don't think it's going to move that much, I think it's going to hold pretty steady to 52, then I would be all over that. But – Two touchdowns, no. Maybe if it gets under a touchdown, even if it's 13 and a half, I would lead towards Iowa. But I just – two touchdowns for a Big Ten team who's not known for their offense. Granted, it's been better this year. That's a pass for me. All right. The Goodyear Cotton Bowl. This line doesn't make sense to me. Florida is favored by two and a half. I think Oklahoma is the hot, one of the hottest teams in college football. I think their defense doesn't get enough credit. I think their defense could hold Florida without pits. Um, Florida can't stop uh, anything. I don't know. I see Oklahoma win this. Take Oklahoma with the points. Definitely take Oklahoma two and a half. Um, honestly, they are underdogs now. I, I would take a money line. I would take Oklahoma money line over Florida. Also, while you're there, uh, the over-under is 68 and a half. Hammer that over. Florida will score. Um, this is going to be a high-score matchup. Get the over now before it gets before it gets too high. What's the one thing you can't win without in football? What do you need to win games, Jake? Defense. Oh, okay. That's one person's perspective. You yeah. need a quarterback. Not, no. You need a quarterback okay. to be to win. If you come on, how, we've, how no, many? No, it's you, true. It's true. Yeah. Granted, people are going to be like, "Oh, what about Alabama for all those years? They never had a great quarterback until Jalen Hurts, and then Tua came along, and they had guys that weren't good. They they got system guys. Yeah, you need a good quarterback. Uh, excuse me, you need a good defense to win games. But you look at the teams that are in the final four, you have arguably number one and number two picks going. I mean, you have one team who's probably going to get smoked because they don't have a top echelon quarterback, but they have a pretty good defense in Notre Dame. I don't think Spencer Rattler is it. He's been getting better throughout the years. I've been betting against Oklahoma all season. I'm going to continue to bet against Oklahoma all season. Granted, my betting against Oklahoma all season hasn't proven great, except for the Kansas State game. But I'm going to be on floor because I think Kyle Trask is vastly better than Spencer Rattler. And I think, I don't know why, I think Florida's old. Florida's eight and three, and I, and I don't think they deserve to be in the final four. But I, I also don't think Oklahoma is as good as people are giving them credit for because they just started to get hot. They still did lose to Kansas State. And I think that still should be accounted for. Elon, it's, you know, starting the year off, you know, with everything going on, you know. I think teams were bound for letdowns. So I think they're trending in the right direction. I think Florida, they they put everything in that Alabama game that they're going to be down. Again, though, I think they're definitely going to get up to play Oklahoma. I think this is a good game. I do like Oklahoma, though. Right. We'll see. Should be a good one. Uh, should be. The Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, Tulsa, Mississippi State. Uh, Tulsa's a one-and-a-half point favorite 
Uh, I like that. I think people, I mean, with KJ uh, Costello, is it KJ Costello, right? Yep. Yeah, KJ Costello, everyone was freaking out about him earlier in the year when they beat LSU. Uh, hasn't been great since. Um, this one's being played at Fort Worth, so I believe it's TCU Stadium. Um, I like Tulsa. Uh, one and a half, Tulsa has a good defense. Um, they, they keep games close with Power Five. I think Mississippi State's going to sleepwalk through this first half. I'm going with the Golden Hurricanes. I had a hammer parlay here. Hammer Tulsa and then hammer the over in this one in a parlay. I think Mississippi State sucks. I think right yeah, this year they suck. I think they're going to go in the right direction with Leach there. Um, yeah. I don't think they're a good team this year. Tulsa 7-1 against the spread this year. That's over all I need. 52. Yeah, uh, I remember both. 50.5 uh, yep. as well, I should say. 51 points should be scored in this game. I will hammer both okay. Tulsa and the over. Awesome. The Arizona, again, uh, two teams that I would have liked to see against others. Uh, Arizona Bowl, Ball State versus San Jose State. I want to say something. And I know, Cots, you've been kind of on the San Jose State train since the beginning. I'll yep. give you that. Um, if they were, if they would have been on the East Coast, they would have been, um, they would have been the darlings of college football, just like Coastal. You know, I just hate that, but I agree with you. I mean, like it's, it's, it's not like it's Hawaii. They're playing West Coast, like yeah, but they're still playing at nine, ten o'clock at night. You know, it's it's funny. Ever since I moved to a Central Time Zone, I think like Eastern Time Zone people who was myself for 22 years of my life, I think they're so weird now because, but I, I think Eastern time zone is just a sham now, which is just a personal opinion because now I love central time zone because I'm watching these games. When you're starting your game at 1030, it's 930 for me. So I can still go to bed the same day after the game. But no, I agree. It, it's, it's unfortunate. San Jose State's awesome. I got on the train last year um, with – I don't know if you remember this, but yeah, yeah, their quarterback, the real love, I called him, not Jordan Love, Josh Love. Um, I think, I hope he's still on. He was on the practice squad for the Rams. (laughs) I hope he's still somewhere. If not, I'm going to make a petition that the Dolphins sign in the practice squad. Um, But no, I was on, I I loved watching him last year. I was, I thought he was a really good quarterback. I thought they had a really good team out there training in the right direction with their, with their coach. Um, So yeah, again, I agree with you. I think Ball State, how they played this year, they got the little short in the stick. Again, why are these – like, these are, like – why like, put Ball State against – even if it was Mississippi State, like, put them against someone. Like, that, that you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, these, these – I don't know. It just annoys me. Like, I would take San Jose State versus Iowa in a heartbeat. I'm just looking at some of, like, the other matchups, oh, Ball yeah. State and Missouri. Like, why – like, how could I make better matchups than these people that are getting paid? probably pretty handsomely to do this. Yeah. Like, just give the people what they want. But I'm going to be all over San Jose State, though, in this one. I do, too. I like them. I think Ball State, um, I think they're going to be coming off a letdown. I think beating um, – um, oh, my God, who do they just beat? Buffalo? Just, Buffalo, yeah. Them beating Buffalo, um, I think they'll be um, – I think they're, good. They're, they're due for a letdown. This is going to be a letdown game. San Jose State wants to basically prove to everyone, hey, who they are. They're going to be on national television. Everyone's going to be watching them. San Jose State, uh, six and a half. 
point favorites. Take them. Spartans roll. This next one I'm excited for, um, you know, living in Morgantown, uh, West Virginia the past uh, two years. I'm excited for this one. This uh, is your so, second favorite team versus your most hated team. Uh, not my most hated, okay? <laughs> Just Tennessee fans and I, for some reason, let's see, we're in this – for some, we're in this never-ending battle of which one of us is the bigger asshole. Okay, I uh, like to think it's them, and they've taken another approach and have looked at my Twitter and thought that uh, it is me. So we are going to agree to disagree with that, and it's no surprise to you, Cots, who I am taking in this one. Um, I'm taking West Virginia three and a half over Tennessee. Low scoring game. I like the Mountaineers defense led by the Stills brothers. Letty Brown is going to control the run game for them. I like West Virginia in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Three and a half favorites over Tennessee. I don't like neither team that much this year. I used to, I mean, the old West Virginia, that's what I miss. I miss the old West Virginia, Jake. You miss the uh, – I miss Pat White, Owen Schmidt, West Virginia. Yeah. Steve Slayton in there. Um, that's what I miss. But, no, West Virginia is the play here. Um, my, was it minus four right now, four and a half? West Virginia is the move. Three. Three? It's, oh, it's down? Four. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, West Virginia is the player. They're, they're the better team. They're well, I got this – remember, I got these earlier. Yeah, um, I'm seeing it at four, so still I like it. As long as it doesn't go up anymore, if it gets into the fives, I don't know. Tennessee, I, I don't know who they are. They they could come out and they could like th- to me. This is a tricky game because I I could see Tennessee if they West Virginia is really a defense, but I could also see Tennessee coming out and controlling this game and controlling time of possession and putting up some points on West Virginia. But I don't know. I'm probably going to be on West Virginia just to end my long spiel here of not liking either this play or anyone. The The over-under is interesting, though. 44 and a half right now. I like the over, even though West Virginia is a really good D. I don't. I think it could I, – I mean, 44 is 24 to 21. I mean, it's three scores for a team. So, I, I don't know. I'm seeing uh, – yeah, 44 and a half. I don't know. I, I don't know. I still don't like the over. It's um, a tricky one. I, I think if it, if it moves a little bit, I'd be on that. But West Virginia is the player. Before we move on, hey, listen, Tennessee fans, if um, if if any of you guys are listening, I don't know if you guys figured out what podcast. I don't know who you're talking to right now when you're saying, hey, hey Tennessee fans, but go ahead. Finish whatever you're going to say. If there are any Tennessee fans, how you like Jeremy Pruitt now? Oh, we have great recruiting classes. Oh, go screw yourselves. Calhoun's on the river isn't even good, and you better fix up Nyland before it falls apart and goes into the Tennessee River. They got a good mascot, though. Yeah, Creamson. Yeah, Creamsicle Jagaloons. They had a good mascot though. The the dog. The dog's a good oh, yeah, mascot. Dog's not, yeah, the dog. No, no, the dog is awesome. Oh, you don't like their theme song? No, I like Rocky. Oh, Rocky Top. Oh, I thought you said something about. Something. No, 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 Rocky. No, Rocky Tops. No, it's one of the best. It's one of the better fight songs. That's okay. not. Gonna, that's not going to deter me from calling their fan base delusional. Well, every fan base is delusional, but. That is true. We talked about that earlier. We talked about that earlier uh, in the show. Uh, the Macari Texas I thought I hope I pronounced that right. The Macari Texas Bowl. 
Arkansas, our Razorbacks versus the Horned Frogs. We got Hogs versus Frogs. Three and uh, seventeen in the bowl. Yeah, uh, I like TCU here. Five and a half point favorites over Arkansas. It's in Texas. It's only three and a half hours away from Fort Worth. Um, yeah, I, I like the Horned Frogs. I like the Horned Frogs. I just think they're a better, more complete team. Um, yeah, they're going to get it done. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be bet. Even though if you, you flip it for Arkansas, they're 7 and 3 against the spread. I'm not betting on a 3 and 17. TCU is the player. Although I will say, like, with the usual format of these bowl games, usually the teams with losing records end up winning. Because I think it's like the one team's like that's six and six or seven and five is trending down, and the other team is like, oh yeah, like we're in a bowl game, like like we're gonna make the most of it, mm-hmm. you know, like the team that doesn't belong there, like some like the team that doesn't belong there ends up outplaying the other. Like in a real season, TCU would probably be eight and four, eight and five, trending down, lost a few games, and Arkansas yeah. would be six and six, just sneaking in. Arkansas would be. The team sneaks it out. Arkansas is good against the spread, but so is TCU. And I just look at real wins, loss, and records at that point. Both yep. 73 against the spread, so I'll take TCU. Yep. Um, all right, this one. We talked about group of fives versus power fives. This is one I think everyone's going to be tuning in for. And, of course, uh, the power five team is basically at a home game, which always ends up happening with frickin' Georgia. Um, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl – uh, Cincinnati versus Georgia. Um, Cincinnati is a six and a half point underdog. I like the Bearcats here. Um, I know Georgia is basically playing a home game. I know Georgia is is better with the Jimmys and Joes they got, but I really believe Cincinnati is this is their Super Bowl. You know, we talked about group of five teams not getting a fair shake. Cincinnati is going to throw everything at Georgia. And if Georgia is not careful, if they sleepwalk through the noon kickoff, Cincinnati is going to take an early lead in this game. I hope they pull it off. I do think Georgia comes back at the end to win, but I think Cincinnati covers. I also think uh, let this one sit a little bit because I got this at six and a half this morning. It's already up to seven and a half. I let this sit for a couple days before you bet on it. I think it's going to go up to maybe nine. If it gets up to nine, uh, definitely take Bearcats here. Take Bearcats uh, uh, as uh, seven and a half or whatever you can get at underdogs. This pains me to do. Oh, you're taking Georgia. Yeah, I'm going to take Georgia. Um, Georgia's six and one against the spread of their last seven bowl games. Although I really want to take Cincinnati, and the only way I take Cincinnati is if it keeps going up. I have it still in my sports book, at least it's at seven and a half right now. If it goes up to, like you said, eight and a half, nine, keeps going that way because all the early money's on Georgia, I might go to Cincinnati. I think it's a very tight game. I just think if Georgia gets up early, I think they could put the nail in the coffin on Cincinnati. I don't believe Cincinnati, if they get down early, I just don't think they have it in them to fight back oh, and win they, this game. So it's going to be close. I love their quarterback, but I just think I think Georgia's the move there. And Cincinnati's not good. Cincinnati wins, 
but they're not great against the spread. And this is what we're doing here. We're not talking about wins losses, talking about the spread. Um, so I'm going to be on Georgia in this one, unfortunately. You know what? You and I are very different when that, like when, when I see um, a spread going up, okay, mm-hmm. I like to hammer that team that it's going up for. Okay. So for example, like if, so I guess I'm going against my philosophy here. So like Georgia, if it, if Cincinnati, if they keep adding points to their underdog, uh, to their spread. So if it keeps going up seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. usually I like taking the, the favorite. So you like taking Georgia in that sense. Yes. But I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just believe in Cincinnati. It's probably going to bite me. It probably is. It usually does. I'm going, going against my usual thought process, but I really think Cincinnati's going to make this a close game. I really do. And I, I do too. I just think you know, Georgia think gets does. up early. Yeah. Oh, see, I think the opposite. I think Cincy keeps it close initially, and then Georgia comes back at the end. That could be – I mean, if, you're, if it's if it's a touchdown game going into the fourth quarter, I have – all the faith that Cincinnati could pull off something. But I, I think if it's even a two-score game or even 20 to 10 at halftime, I don't think Cincinnati against that defense could, could come back. But they have, they also have a really good defense themselves. So it'll be interesting to see. Go Luke Fickle. Go Luke Fickle. All right. Um, the Citrus Bowl, Northwestern Auburn. Northwestern is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. This one scares me. This one really scares me. Auburn, although in a little bit of turmoil, they fired um, Gus Malzahn. I think those players are going to be fired up to avenge their coach. Um, Northwestern is not flashy. They they muck it up. I think that was the word that was said. Northwestern mucks it up. And I think they're going to have a great game plan against Auburn. I do think Auburn's going to be motivated. My mind is telling me to take Auburn here. It really is. But I just – I also believe that Northwestern is going to game plan better than Auburn. And I think with Northwestern, how they played Ohio State, how they played them tough, I just think Northwestern's going to pull this out. I don't yeah. know. This, this one's at the low. If you're doing confidence here, I would put this one at the low, very low. This one's tough. Um, I would just, I would disagree with you. I would disagree with you in confidence. I agree with you on the pick, but um, I think this is an easy Northwestern win. Um, like you said, Auburn's gone through a little, little internal issues. Northwestern has had uh, Pat, Fitz, Pat Fitzgerald there for a while. They have a great culture there. They're a very tough team. I think they're going to stifle Auburn. Um, would even almost consider the under here, but not, but I'm all over Northwestern laying the points here. And they're really good against the spread. I think you saw what they could do against a really great offense. Yeah, but Ohio State. what team's going to come out? Yeah, Ohio State had guys out. But, well, okay, is the Northwestern that played against Michigan State going to come out, or is the Northwestern against Ohio State going to come out? I mean, it was one – I mean, it. I think that's one game in a season that came out. That was one letdown game. It's the, Ohio this, State – I mean, Ohio State was missing their best receiver, but, I mean, they were still rushing the ball, which scared me. So, I mean, to say, like, they could, they shouldn't have been able to do stuff with 
the weapons they have, I don't agree with. I mean, ben, they still ran for like 300 yards with one player. So, I mean, that that scares me a little bit from Northwestern. There's some holes in there, but. This one is going to be, this one's not going to be pretty. This no. one's not going to be pretty. I don't think we expect it to be that. 18-12 type of game. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, NC State versus Kentucky. Uh, I like NC State. They are a two-and-a-half-point underdog. I like NC State over Kentucky here. Um, Their big thing with NC State, are they going to take care of the football? If NC State doesn't turn the ball over, NC State wins. They've been coughing. They cough the ball up. I think Kentucky gets them. But I I believe that they're going to hang on to the football. They're going to make it work. I'm taking NC State. Wolfpack. Nothing else to add there. I think Kentucky sucks, so I'm on NC State. (laughs) <laughs> uh, move down here Outback Bowl Outback Bowl playing, uh, being played on January 2nd I hate that, I want to play it on January 1st um, That's usually the 11.30 game On New Year's Day uh, I, I don't like that it's moved uh, But anyway uh, Ole Miss versus Indiana um, Oh man It's another easy one I don't know if I have the spread. Do you have the spread in front of you for this game? Minus seven right now, Indiana. Indiana? Yeah. Hammer that, folks. Yeah, I like that, too. I would take Indiana Indiana minus seven. I like the Hoosiers. They're going to be fired up to play in a bowl. Ole Miss has had some bad losses, had some tough losses. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss is going to score, or Ole Miss has shown that they can score, but I think that Indiana defense is going to shut them down. I think Indiana's offense, even without Penix Jr., is still going to be decent. Is he, um, like, is he out for, Miss, like, a year? Ole Miss, can't, Ole Miss can't stop people. The SEC's defense this year has not been good. I think Indiana scores more than people think they are, and I think they're going to stop Ole Miss a lot more. Is, Pen, is Penix Jr. out for the year? I believe so, yeah. I don't think he's okay. I don't know. I don't know the extent of his injury. Um, but I still, yeah. If he was coming back, that would be even better for Indiana. But, yeah, Indiana's great against the spread. Ole Miss can't stop a nosebleed. Indiana's defense is really good. Two defenses that um, gave Justin Fields problems this year, Indiana and Northwestern. So I'm going to be on those the two other the, the second and third best teams in the Big Ten this year. Um, so I'm going to be on them as well. I, I will say, and it's, it sucks, I feel so bad for Indiana because Oregon – Gets in the Fiesta Bowl, which we're going to talk to because they won the Pac-12, even though Indiana's a better team. Also, Indiana is um, ranked higher than North Carolina, but because ACC ties, uh, North Carolina goes into the Orange Bowl. It sucks for Indiana. It does suck, but, I mean, the Outback Bowl is still a big bowl for that oh, program, is, so I think I still think they'll come up, come out and play. About this. So I was trying to explain the tiers of bowls. And Outback Bowl is definitely – it's not a New Year's Six, but it's an upper-tier bowl. Um, I do feel bad for Indiana getting getting kind of screwed out of that. Um, I feel more bad than playing Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah. I will say this, though. If Indiana if – you, if you had Indiana's resume, okay, but their name was Michigan or Penn State, everyone would be talking about them, about potentially being in the playoffs. Yeah. Because you look, they're okay, they're six and one. They only played seven games. Okay. 
But if they were Michigan or Penn State, 100% they'd be looking at, at the playoff. But they're not even discussed because their backup quarterback's out and it's because it's Indiana and it's ridiculous. I hope they roll Ole Miss. Um, okay. Uh, PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Oregon, we said, gets in because of the Pac-12. They're ranked 25th against Iowa State. I like Iowa State three-and-a-half-point favorites. Oregon has won their Super Bowl. They are good. They won the Pac-12. They weren't supposed to be there in the first place. They won it. I think Iowa State is ticked off. Their two losses uh, – or, sorry, two out of the three losses being to Oklahoma. Um, they're going to be coming looking for a fight, and I think they win the Fiesta Bowl. Matt Campbell is going to have his guys focused up. I will say this. I believe Indiana is better than Iowa State. And I wish we had Indiana here, but of course we don't. They are ranked 11th. Iowa State is 10th. I wish Indiana was in this game playing Oregon because Indiana deserves it. I'm sorry. I'm getting off my soapbox now. But anyway, take the Cyclones, three-and-a-half-point favorites. I think Oregon sucks. I think think Iowa State, too, is a little overrated. Um, They have been playing – This is a crappy game for a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, they, I mean, they've been playing like better down the stretch. Balls we've seen since, I don't know. I don't like, want to talk about this one anymore. Can we just go on to the Orange Bowl? I'm over Oregon, Iowa State. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> even, like, even the group of five teams that get in, like, like Penn State played Memphis. At least Memphis had a, a high-powered offense. At least uh, Western Michigan, when they played Wisconsin a couple of years ago, at least Western Michigan was undefeated. Like, there was something there. Like, these are two Power 5 teams. One gets in because of COVID issues and wins the Pac-12 over USC, later opts out. And then Iowa State has lost to the Raging Cajuns, and they lost to Oklahoma twice. I'm sorry. I want. I wish Indiana was in, in there instead. All right, I'm done. We're, we're done. Talking. I think we wish it was Indiana-USC, but carry on. Wow, how awesome. <laughs> that would have been. Stop. Now I'm thinking about how great that would have been. All right. Um, Capital One Orange Bowl. Um, I'm very happy that a team from Florida isn't in this because it always seems like uh, a Florida team is always in the Orange Bowl. I feel like they always do that because of uh, money. Uh, but anyway, Texas A&M versus North Carolina. Um, North Carolina, I like North Carolina here. North Carolina plus uh, five and a half underdogs. I like them. I really do. I think offensively they are going to carve Texas A&M up. And I think Texas A&M's offense is going to be themselves. But I know North Carolina's defense isn't that good. I think they'll be able to at least keep them at bay here. I like the over 69. I I get that now because I believe it's going to go up. So get over 69 now. I like North Carolina plus five and a half against A&M. I agree. I love the over. Uh, hammer the over. I think you. I think uh, UNC to me is they're either going to come out like they did against Miami, or they're not going to be close to that. And I think A and M is going to come out a little tipped off because I think in their minds they have a better resume than Notre Dame, and they should be the fourth team in there. And I think they want to prove a point. But I don't like where the line's at right now at six. I think if this was closer to the threes, I'd be all inclined to take to lay the points with A&M. I'm just going to enjoy this one and hope for a lot of points, and I'm just going to take the over 69. 
Points, 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 baby. Points, points, points. All right. Uh, the playoff games. Um, all right, let's get right into it. Alabama, minus 19 and a half. Get that right now. Alabama is going to absolutely destroy them. This is going to be like the national title a couple of years ago. Alabama, 19 and a half. Take it right now. I don't know what you're doing. Get it right now because it might even go up. Taking Bama over Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl semifinal. Which is in Texas, unfortunately, but – I understand, though. Why, I you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I understand why, but there's there's no parade. There's no again. It's it's just a game. Mm-hmm. There's no fans. Play it somewhere. Okay. Usually, yeah, but to the real to the the actual game here, I'm gonna stay off of this one for the longest until right up until kickoff because I think a lot of people like you right now are gonna be smart and take Alabama which is 110% the right play. But if people continue to hammer Alabama, that spread's going to go up and up and up. And if it gets to an over three, three score spread, which it has very realistic possibilities of, I might consider Notre Dame. But then I'll have a like come to Jesus moment and be like, why am I considering Notre Dame? Because they stink. And then I'll probably still take Alabama, but then I'll be like, oh, it's now it's 24 and a half, which I still think very realistically could get that high. So I'll probably live bet it. And here's why. I think Notre Dame comes out the first couple of possessions, keeps this close, and maybe even scores first and gives their team some hope. And maybe it's even 7 nothing Notre Dame to start. And everyone's like, oh, boy, like we're going to get the best version of Notre Dame. And the best version we saw was them against Clemson, against some of Clemson's, uh, was against Clemson's backup quarterback. And, uh, injured, injured, banged up D, and then that line, that live line is going to move a little bit. So I'm going to wait for it, and I'm going to live bet this game. And I'm probably going to, hopefully, if the way I'm envisioning it in my mind, it drops to like 12 and a half, 13 and a half, even 14 and a half. Um, and then I'm going to hammer Alabama with everything in my bankroll and <laughs> just go from there. But um, I think Notre Dame could come out, and I think Notre Dame is going to like come out give like their best scripted series of their lifetime and they could maybe jump out to a lead, but then Alabama's just going to do Alabama things and they're going to roll this game. Sounds good. Uh, next one, Clemson, Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl. Um, I like Clemson minus seven. Um, I think defensively, Clemson's defensive line is going to get pressure on Justin Fields. I think they're going to take away the running game. I think Clemson's offense is too good. I like Clemson here, minus seven. Uh, I think this can be a two-score game. I really do. I think Clemson pulls away at the end um, to make it a two-score game. Yeah, this game sucks for me. I mean, I hate Clemson, and I don't really like Ohio State at all either. Um, But I I do like Ryan Day. I should say that. I I do like him. Uh, I think he's a good coach, but I, I, I just can't go – I can't go against Trevor Lawrence, unfortunately, and that defense. And I really can't bet on Justin Fields because Justin Fields has been great this year uh, until he played two real, like, top upper echelon, on the two arguably in throwing Wisconsin maybe, the best defense in the Big Ten. And he looks like a completely different guy. So I can't really trust him. I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. He's probably one of the best prospects to come out at the quarterback position since Andrew Luck. So 
Oh, yeah, I like Clemson here, too. What's the over-under at? The over-under. It is 65 and a half. That's interesting. I might lean towards eh, – see, again, that – I mean – I don't know because I don't think Ohio State's going to score many points. I don't, but I think Clemson could, and it's going to be – a passing game, and there could be some slip-ups. Um, Clemson's secondary was struggling a lot early in the season. Um, again, they weren't banged up. They had a banged-up defense. But if Clemson gets out to a lead, Ohio State's going to have to be passing the ball a lot. So I it's going to be interesting. I think this is a 35-21 game. It could be. I mean, very well. I, I do agree with you. I think Clemson could easily win um, by two scores. We don't have spreads now. Um, national championship wise, I think it's Bama's year. Um, I think Clemson will keep close. I think Bama ends up uh, pulling away at the end. We're going to get Bama Clemson part five. Um, this is the, the rubber match of all rubber matches. Um, I think Bama, I think Bama does win. I think they are, I think they are better. Uh, I think defensively, I think defensively Clemson is going to have success early on, but I think later on Alabama will pull away. Um, I think Bama's defense will keep Clemson's offense in check, and I think that's going to be your difference. Uh, Bama's going to give themselves – their defense is going to give themselves more opportunities to score points, and that's where we have, I think, Bama over Clemson in the national title. I'm going to disagree with you. Ooh. Just because I think Alabama is the better team, and I think we were all really high on what we were seeing, but I'm just going to go back to what I watched in the Florida game, and I think Florida was able to do some things that I mean, granted, like they didn't control the game; they, it wasn't close to them winning the game, even though the score was really close. But they were able to put up some good points, a good amount of points, and I think Kyle Trask was able to do some things, and Kyle Pitts there. I think they showed some signs of weakness on what the game plan would be to beat Alabama. And I think while if I had to say like an overall offense, it's probably even with Florida and Clemson. I think Clemson's got better running backs and better receivers, but maybe Florida's overall depth, maybe I would say they have a little bit more depth, which is probably, you know, questionable analogy too when you go against Clemson because they're a top recruiting program as well. But when you look at that and what they could do, what Florida did, why couldn't Clemson do that with a better quarterback, a better running back, some upper echelon wide receivers? I don't know. I think it's going to be another interesting one. It pains me. Um, I, as I've said many times on the show, I'm not a big fan of Clemson or Dabo. Um, but I, I, I just think they get it done. I think they're, they're, the, they're the new patriots of in the college football world. <laughs> All right. Um, so – no list this week, okay? Um, instead, we're going to talk about the college football playoff, the, the, that list. Um, the top three, I think, are non-negotiable. Uh, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. There was a little bit of drama with number four. Personally, I would have loved to see Cincinnati in there just because they're undefeated. Um, they, I think the AEC is better than most people give it credit for. If any year, if you were going to have a, a group of five team in, I think this was the year to do it. Listen, if they're going to get smoked by Bama, they're going to get smoked by Bama. At least give them a shot. Now, in regards to Notre Dame or AM, I think AM should have been in. And I, I really don't like Jimbo Fisher. I, I really don't. And 
I can't believe I'm, I'm advocating for them right now. But Alabama did beat them by four touchdowns in Alabama. But it was in Alabama. Notre Dame got beat by Clemson on a neutral site. Yeah, they beat Clemson when they had a bunch of guys out, no Trevor Lawrence, and it was in Notre Dame. They didn't even go to the Death Valley. But in a neutral site, Clemson, you know, controlled that entire game and beat them. Like, beat them bad. I, I just think A&M, they played nine games. I think you put A&M in there, and I hate putting two SEC teams in there. I hate it. But I think A&M has a better chance than – or, sorry, I think A&M has a better resume than – Notre Dame. And if you're going to see Alabama versus Texas A&M again, at least on a neutral field. And let's let's see what happens. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I, I think. Cox, do you have anything to add? I'm going to have an unpopular opinion here. I think Notre Dame I, I think they got it right in the sense that I think Notre Dame should get it over A&M, even though I would have rather seen an A&M or a Cincinnati in there, like you said, but I, th- I think when, even though it's a neutral state and all that stuff, and they were down against the backup quarterback, I mean, he's, you, everyone's going to see next year that I'm not even going to I can't even pronounce his name correctly, but DJ, I mean, he's, he's, really, he's, he's really good. He's going to be good there. They got another uh, really good quarterback in there to, to put, uh, to replace Trevor. So even if Notre Dame beats them, even if they're down, I think that um, they still got it right. They, they, they still should have got in there. Um, does Texas A&M have a better resume? Maybe. Maybe they do. Um, but you can't really put Texas A&M in there just because of the way they got blown out to Alabama. Um, and then, But even Notre Dame got blown out to Clemson. I still get it, but it's any given game. They got the best of them one day. I don't know. I think they got it right. I don't, I don't think you could have put Texas A&M in there. Cincinnati, I think, in a season like this, I think they they get the short end of the stick because the American is a little bit better than people give it credit for, but they didn't do what they needed to do in those games. Like, yeah, they, we- played, they didn't win convincingly enough to be in the conversation more. They needed to, they needed to win those games handily and then add some member of the old BCS system. You got to score some late touchdowns. They chalk up some points they did that's what they needed to do um but here's what i'm gonna say i'm sure i could find out some backwards way since louisiana lafayette beat iowa state and coastal carolina beat louisiana lafayette that somehow some way coastal carolina should be in there <laughs> no i'm just kidding but like why but like i mean here's the thing if i wanted anything in a perfect world this year it would have been expanded you would have got rid of these UABs and these Mississippi States uh, in bowl games and just expanded to 16 teams for one year and put the Coastal Carolinas in there, put the Liberties in there, like a 16 or whoever the final 16 teams were. This would have been the year to do it. But yeah, absolutely. Because then you would have had players wanting to play. Exactly. So you're looking, you're, you're trying to find two and eight teams to fill bowl games. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just expand the college football playoff? And then, Honestly, it would have worked out because everyone would have loved it, but whatever. <laughs> All right. Um, I have a closing statement. Um, I know we haven't been on the air um, for a little bit. Um, so this is from last week. Um, our closing statement is brought to you by the Thrive Fantasy app. Thrive Fantasy 
uh, deals with top-tier athletes, so it appeals to casual fans as well as the diehard sports fans. Um, it's daily fantasy. And remember, when you sign up, put in promo code JUKE. That's right, JUKE, J-U-K-E. And Thrive will give you a free $20 if you deposit $20 or more. Download the Thrive Fantasy app to make your sports experience more exciting. So, uh, last week or two weeks ago, uh, Sarah Fuld became the first female to um, score points in a for a Power 5 team. Uh, it was a nice moment. It was cool. Um, it really was. Uh, she's a Division I soccer player. I think she was all SEC. They, she just won the SEC championship with her team with Vanderbilt. Um, and you're – you know, Clay Travis's of the world want to spin the narrative of, well, no one would care if she isn't a woman. Um, Vandy players are saying that they it's, it's a publicity stunt. Um, Vandy players are opting out because of that. And he all puts it on Sarah Fuller and her kicking field goals, which is totally false. Um, you know, Clay Travis doesn't talk about how, oh, I don't know, uh, their head coach, Derek Mason, was fired, probably wrongfully, and how those players loved playing for him. You know, it probably has nothing to do with uh, the offense just being absolutely incompetent. You know, it probably has nothing to do with them being the worst Power 5 team, probably by far. It has nothing to do with Vanderbilt not having a boys soccer team. So they looked to the girls soccer team for a kicker because the specialist room was under quarantine, you know, things like that, you know, that actually matter. Um, everyone on that team said they fully support her. Um, was it probably to get some juice in that, in the, um, in the locker room or at least in the program? Of course. You know, Vanderbilt's not doing well. Uh, their specialist group is all under quarantine. They look towards the female soccer player, who's very good, by the way. And they take a nice moment, and Clay Travis and his band of flunkies, um, they uh, make a big – they make it about um, the wokeness. They make it about – People like that. You know, I'm just sick of Clay Travis and how he spins things. And then on his Twitter, actually lying about it and saying that people, Vanderbilt uh, athletes are opting out because Sarah Fuller is kicking field goals. Now, I'm going to be honest. When I saw Sarah Fuller first in her first game when she was warming up with the game she actually didn't kick in, I said, the ball looks a little low. But – I, can, I saw vast improvement the following week when she gets it. Uh, she actually got some loft under it, okay? Again, people are saying, oh, well, they're using her for extra points, but they're using another guy for long distance. People do that. Penn State does it with Pinnaker and Stout. You know, it, it, it's something that happens. Plus, she sacrificed to be on the team. Let her kick field goals. You know, she saved you last week when you didn't need her, or you ended up not needing her. But she saved you last week. Let her kick some feet. Let her kick extra points. And and then to say that oh Tennessee's not even trying, and then circles their defensive or their block scheme. 
not knowing that those people he circled that aren't rushing aren't the rushers. So to make sure the wings don't come out um, for a fake. So Clay Travis, uh, spare me. Uh, I'm sick of him. I know this is long, a longer rant than it should be, but Clay Travis, get a life, man. It's it's okay. Just just get a life. All right, I'm done. I don't know who's worse, him or Jason Whitlock in their whole. Oh, Whitlock. Yeah. <laughs> Whitlock's the other one. He's the other one. The same thing. He was yeah. the same, saying the same thing. Oh, you know, if this was a man, no one would be saying it. Yeah, because it's a big freaking deal. Do you know how many girls? Like, do you know how many like like girls in like elementary school and middle school see someone like Sarah Fuller or saw someone like when we were younger, like the New Mexico kicker. And I can't think of her name and I'm sorry, but she was, she was the first one to do, um, to be an FBS. Do you know how many girls probably saw that? I was like, wow, I didn't know I could do that. Or like have an interest, like, come on. And if you're someone that agrees with Clay Travis, you're like, Oh, I wonder what's going to happen when someone lays her out. You know, screw you. All right. I'm done. Katie Nadee for everyone out there. New oh, that, that was the New Mexico kicker, right? Yep. Yeah, awesome. I remember they were, she was in a bowl game. I think she was the first woman to kick a field goal in a bowl game. Yep. Um, um, I just, for my closing statement, because my favorite thing to talk about is quarterbacks, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about some quarterbacks this week. Oh, God. And we're getting through the end of the NFL season, two weeks left. Yep. Um, I got a little shakeup in my mind of where I see some very key guys landing this year. So this is going to be Kotz's prediction. Kotz's predictions. I like it. Of where some of these top tier names uh, end up in the 2021 NFL season. All right. So I'm going to start first with Matthew Stafford. So it would have to be by a trade, but I think the Niners are done with Jimmy G and the Jimmy G experience, I think Matthew Stafford goes out west to the 49ers. Matthew Stafford with that team, that young offense, and that defense, once they get healthy again next year, is going to be unreal. Matthew Stafford to the 49ers. He's going to have one final chance to push for a Super Bowl and um, with the Niners, and I think he could do it because they weren't too far off last year. So Matthew Stafford to the 49ers. So now Jimmy G's gone. Where does Jimmy G go? Reunited with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Cam Newton experiment, probably not working out as well as many people thought. Fortunately for Cam, I don't know what's going to happen to him. But Jimmy G ends up back with the Pats and back with Belichick and McDaniels. Now for some fun ones. Jake, you're going to like this one. So Matthew Stafford gone from Detroit, right? Are they going to draft someone? Wrong. Mitch Trubisky's going to go. Within the division, he's going to stay and he's going to go with the Lions. Little, little random shake up there. Here's what's going to happen. Mitch Trubisky's playing way better than Foles was ever playing. Got the Bears back into a playoff hunt. But the way the Bears are probably going to blow everything up regardless of how they finish, um, unless they find a way to squeak past Arizona and get into the playoffs, still think they're going to blow everything up. I think Mitch is going to be the odd man out. I think he goes to the Lions. I think the Bears will draft the quarterback, Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, wherever they land in the spot, and they have a new rookie quarterback. So now to your favorite quarterback, Jake, Carson Wentz. Where do you think I have him going? 
I think everyone's talking about him possibly going to Indy and being. Everyone is, but not me, because you know I don't um, listen to what's in honestly, there. I, I thought I, I I thought he would be great in in New England. <clears throat> he would be, but I got somewhere else for him. Okay. I got him going down south to Tampa Bay with the oh, Bucks. Okay. So I don't know what's gonna happen with Brady if he's what, gonna get another gonna... year. I don't know what's gonna happen there. Brady's not looking great. I don't think he's going to ride off and take that team to, you know, another Super Bowl like everyone wants. But I think they still have some good young pieces around there that you could build around. If you get a young quarterback in there, you still do something. So I think Wentz goes to the Bucks, And then here's my, my second favorite quarterback in the NFC East, Sam Darnold. So where do you <laughs> think I got my boy Sammy going? Oh, geez. Chicago? Close. I thought about him going to Chicago, but I think Chicago's going to draft the guy. I think because they haven't had luck drafting quarterbacks or getting it right, I think he's going to go to the NFC East and become the new power in the NFC East with the Washington football team. Sam Darnold goes to, ends up in Washington. They find their quarterback with probably one of the best defensive lines in the NFL, and they become – the new NFC East powerhouse, Sam Darnold to Washington. Haskins is done. I mean, I think Haskins. I think Haskins is your backup. I mean, I could, if they if they felt the need that Alex Smith could come in, how to come in and give Haskins uh, take over for Haskins. I don't think they believe in Haskins in that organization. I think they're going to need a quarterback, and to to be where they are right now, like on the cusp of having a home playoff game with pretty much no quarterback, I think says a lot about what they got there. So if they get the right guy in there, I think it could be a very scary team moving forward. So that's what we got for everyone this week. We'll be back soon. But until then. Well, hang on. Before the sign-off, before the sign-off, listen, we are going to be posting all bowl season. We are going to be posting our picks on our Twitter Okay, it's going to be on our Twitter. So make sure you are following at Juke Sports Pod. Okay, at Juke Sports Pod on Twitter. Make sure you're following us there. Make sure you are following us on Instagram as well. Uh, Juke, Juke Sports Podcast, uh, Juke Sport Pod. Again, um, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. We're going to be posting all of our picks for this bowl week um, and on on our Twitter. So make sure you give us a follow and listen, tell your friends about us, give us a review, leave a comment on it and tell your friends about us. Listen, we're, we're going to be moving on up, baby. Okay. So until next time, Cots, lead us out, my man. That's all we got for everyone this week for one last time until we meet again. Adios.